When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. I just recorded a subscribers-only episode right before this, and it was about privacy and kids and whether they should be allowed to have any privacy on their phone or in their room or anything else. And so if you click on subscribe in the description to this podcast, then you're going to get to pay and then hear all of my bonus content, including that episode, which was pretty good and which I recorded in my car. Um, because that is what I do. So anyhow, today we're going to be focusing on something else, a different topic. So that one was parenting, but this one is relationships. And in this one, I'm focusing on how to train your partner to be more of what you need. And this seems like, um, you know, when people try to idealize relationships, which of course doesn't go well, they think, well, you know, I shouldn't have to change anybody and nobody should have to change me. And that is like a really good way to end up miserable in your relationship. And if you do not think that you need to change to be in a relationship, then you probably are about, I don't know, 21 or younger, because older than that, you realize that, you know, a relationship is a compromise and you're going to have to change some things about you and the person's going to have to change some things about them. So if you refuse to kind of tell somebody how to be better for you, then you are partially responsible for being unhappy. Nobody is a mind reader. But when you grow up and you do not get a lot of your needs met and you're not taught to prioritize yourself, then you don't really understand that you have the right and, in fact, it is good and positive for your relationship for you to train somebody to do more and be more of what you want. And also, you should start doing this early, like as early as possible in the relationship, because to to somebody's credit, like they are going to be annoyed if you are pretending that they were all great and then you get married and now you have a problem. Like that is um, maybe when you finally have the confidence to say more of what you need, but it's really not fair. Um, What is fair is to just say things as they come up in the dating and courtship phase or whenever the earliest time is that you think about something. Now, if you've been married for many years and there have been things that your partner does that upset you and you feel like they ought to know about these things and you don't really know how to tell them, and I'll give you lots of examples, don't worry, so this won't be so abstract, but it is nobody's fault if they don't know how to be different for you if you have not told them. So there are many arenas where this comes up. Uh, One of them is sexual. So both men and women think that they can, shouldn't, somehow, um, they shouldn't have to, something, tell somebody how to be different in bed. This is crazy. You know, I mean, first of all, women do not really 
have any idea what men want in bed because women don't watch porn a lot. The ones that do know that they're supposed to look and act a certain way, but you know, there's, there's no manual like that's running across the screen at the bottom. There's no like instruction manual of how to do what these people are doing. Plus, if you're actually trying to enjoy yourself as a woman, then you can't really act like that because, you know, sometimes acting like a porn star really precludes feeling anything yourself besides, you know, that you're acting some part that isn't really you. So men may think from watching porn that it's like easy for a woman to know what a man would want, but it isn't. You know, you have to tell your wife what you would want in bed for her to know. And definitely the inverse for women is certainly true. Men have no idea how to make a woman happy. And you could Google around till the end of the world and it's still not going to be as helpful as just one woman telling you what she wants very technically. And women, and I've mentioned this before on other podcasts, women have like this idea from fairy tales, romance, novels, something that your job is just to lay back and let the man's like expertise as a lover wash over you. No, you know how that goes. It doesn't go well. So what the man needs is more of an instructional guide, and so does the woman in the inverse scenario. If you're in a same-sex relationship, it's exactly the same. So because every person's different, so two women are going to be want to be touched different from each other. So it doesn't matter if they're in a relationship with each other or a man. Everybody needs to train a partner on how to touch them in the way that they particularly like. If you think that this then means that your partner doesn't know you, they know you. They just it, It's like the idea of going out on a date with a person. They seem totally perfect for you. And then at the end, you're like, can you guess my favorite color? And they're like purple and you're like blue, you total asshole, it's over, I'm never seeing you again. That would be insane. This is just as insane. If a man does not know how to go down on you on the first date, oh, oh well. Like I guess I guess his ex-girlfriend A didn't know how to talk and or B wasn't wired like you. So she didn't like the same thing. So why would this mean that this man is not meant to be with you? It doesn't. But so many women will then conclude that this man is like bad in bed. He's not bad in bed. He could be fine for somebody else. He just doesn't know exactly what you want. So you should tell him. Of course, if you repeatedly tell him and show him and tell him and show him and he doesn't learn, don't marry this man. You're setting yourself up for sadness because apparently he's not a good learner. But plenty of men are good learners and just need the data and the intel to learn, right? What about in the area of gifts, compliments, basically any of the other love languages? It applies for all the love languages, so if you say, so people grow up in different kinds of homes. So if your husband could be a perfectly nice person and he's not used to saying anything nice about a woman's outfit because in his entire life, his father never complimented his mother's outfit. This was not done in their family. They ostensibly have a loving marriage. They may well have a loving marriage, but neither of them gives a shit about the compliments about the outfit. Now, if you are married to the adult version of a little boy who was raised in this home, guess what he's not going to know how to do? He is not going to compliment your outfit. You could come down wearing feathers and pasties and he may not say anything because he just doesn't know he's supposed to. So in this case, many women conclude 
oh, this man and I are just not compatible. He's mean. He's withholding. He's cold. No, he's just stupid. He's stupid because he doesn't know. He, he has not been given information to be smart. And by smart, I mean somebody that does what you want. Not, of course, stupid or smart globally, but he just does not have the the information about what you like. So then a woman might think, especially if she was raised by parents who trained her to disavow her needs, and frequently if you're raised by a narcissist or a self-absorbed person of any sort, it's very convenient for them to raise a child who has no needs at all. Because this means they don't have to give the child much attention (laughs) and everything can stay focused on them. This obviously is not an articulated master plan, but it's something that happens in upbringings where there is a fairly self-absorbed parent, the child learns not to really need anything because whenever they do, it annoys the parent because the parent would really primarily rather focus on their own needs. So if you were raised in this sort of scenario or by a parent who disavowed their own needs because they're a professional martyr and victim, then you learned that you, by the way, that's a covert narcissist. Either it's an overt narcissist or a covert narcissist that ends up modeling that it's not okay to have needs or preferences. So if you grew up thinking this, then you are not going to be very comfortable with the idea of telling your husband, oh, when I come down in an outfit, you're supposed to say that looks nice. Because you think all these crazy things. Let me give an example of crazy things that are thought. A, he doesn't actually think I look nice. B, if I have to tell him it's not even worth it, then the magic is gone. C, he is trying to tell me that he doesn't like this outfit. That's like the craziest one, you know, because it like implies that the man has like this plan where he's like passive aggressively not commenting on the outfit because he doesn't like the outfit. Believe me, this is not usually the case. If it is the case that he's going to make a comment later on about not liking the outfit at some point when you wear the outfit again because you were not responding well enough to his passive-aggressive refusal to comment on the outfit. But again, this is a very rare scenario. If you are with somebody who passive-aggressively looks at your outfit and looks down in order to convey that they don't like your outfit, then you are with an asshole, right? So then you can refer back to like a lot of my writing on if your husband or boyfriend's an asshole and get out of that relationship or tell him you're not allowed to be a big asshole like that anymore. You're supposed to say my outfit looks nice no matter what. Either way, the majority of men in this situation just literally have no idea that they're supposed to compliment your outfit. So if you tell them, you could say, hey, when I come downstairs, it'd be so nice if you said, wow, you look great. That's something that makes me feel good. The majority of people will learn, oh, shit, I guess I'm supposed to say that. And you could tell if the guy is really into you and he loves you, he'll say, Oh, but of course you look great. I just, you know, I mean, you always look great. So that indicates somebody who is, you know, trying. He's trying to to um, show you that he, not to take what he didn't do personally. And he's trying to reassure you. So in that case, you say, all right, well, that's nice. But I also like when you say it to me. So then you're giving him an opportunity to learn and you're training him how to be a specifically good partner to you. 
And this is the same for men to train women how to be good for them. So if you have a wife that doesn't kiss you hello when you come through the door, and this is something that was always done in your house growing up, your mother walked over to your father, she gave him a kiss when he walked through the door. So what are some things that a man could think that are crazy, uh, similar to the things the woman thought about the outfit? A man could think, she doesn't love me because she doesn't come over to me like my mother did to my father. Or... Everybody else has a wife who comes over and kisses them, but just not mine. Or she's disgusted by me, and that's why she doesn't come over. Or I could even go so crazy as to be like, uh, she's going to leave me. She must be cheating on me. She doesn't care if I live or die because she doesn't come over. It could be any sort of level of um, misinterpretation. And what would be so much better would be if the man would say, Hey, you know what would really make me feel good is if you come over and kiss me hello. And why don't you just give her the opportunity to do that? And do that, by the way, when you're dating. When you're dating, say this stuff. Because people usually, they're, you know, riding high on their hormones and their adrenaline when they're dating. So they let all this shit go. Then things that actually do bother them. They remember these things and they say them when they get into couples counseling. Yeah, well, you never kissed me hello, not even when we were dating. Or you never complimented my outfit, not even when we were dating. Right? So it obviously bothered them a little bit, but they were letting the honeymoon stage, you know, pink haze, rosy, gla- rose colored glasses. Um, it, it, they were making this logical mistake to think that this is not then going to continue to bother them forever and ever, and it will. So if you are in a courtship stage with somebody right now, take inventory of the things that you don't like that they do, right? And train them to not do them. Why not? Certainly you have to compromise. There's plenty of things you can't train someone out of. You know, I mean, maybe you're husband is just not, you know, that verbal. Maybe he's just not a guy who could ever write you a poem. Well, you can't train him to write you a poem. You know, you can't train him to sing you a song if he can't sing a song. You cannot train him to do a math problem if he's terrible at math. There are, you you know, like things that people are just not good at, they're just not talented at. These are compromises that you have to make. However, everybody can learn to say, you look nice. Even a monkey can learn to say in sign language, you look nice. So certainly your husband or wife can learn how to do that or to come over and kiss you. Your dog comes over and licks you when you walk in. So so can your partner learn to do that. We're talking about a very basic level of behavior training. So what I feel is that more of us need to teach our kids that you are allowed to ask what you want in the early stages of dating so that you have a much better chance of having a happy marriage later on and not having to spring on somebody all these new ideas later in a marriage. Like, oh, guess what? For the past 20 years, I wanted you to compliment me. You never did, so I'm leaving you. This is not an ideal situation. So normalize the idea of like you can ask for what you want and you can be asked for what someone else wants. The best way, of course, for a child to understand this is not just through a lecture format or from, you know, playing my podcast under their pillow while they're sleeping, but for them to see it modeled in the marriage that they see, the relationship that they see at home. So 
You know, when you have something that you want to ask your partner to change, assuming it's not going to be some massively sensitive topic, you know, or something that is not kid appropriate, then do it where your kids can hear, you know? if So like the, the compliment thing. So you walk downstairs, you're getting ready to go out for mom's night out, right, with your friends, and your husband doesn't say anything. So if, if you have already a pretty happy marriage and good communication and you can ensure that this isn't going to turn into World War III that your children should not be privy to, you can say, if your husband says nothing, you could say casually in front of your kids, hey, don't you think I look good? Don't you like this dress? And then he will say, oh, yeah, yeah, you look beautiful. Usually that's what would happen in like kind of a, you know, a normative marriage within one standard deviation on either side of the average marriage that's going to happen. And then your children who are always listening will hear, oh, mom obviously wanted dad to say something. So she directly kind of prompted him and she ended up getting her need met because he responded nicely. Oh, that's a thing that can happen in a relationship. Similarly, let's say, you know, you're the guy and you spent all day, you know, or all morning making a nice breakfast so that your wife can sleep late. And so, you know, she comes downstairs and you serve her a waffle. And so she silently begins to eat the waffle. You could say, hey, sweetheart, you think it's good? I tried so hard to make you a nice waffle. And of course, especially if the kids are there, she'll probably be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. And so these are examples in the love language realm of words of affirmation where you can even model for your children the idea that it's okay to ask for what you need. In the physical touch realm, obviously sexually you're not going to model that for your children, but you can certainly say something like, oh, come here, give me a kiss, I really missed you. And then your kids hear a person ask for what they want and get it within a relationship, which is a skill that is invaluable. For you to normalize this is invaluable for your children. They can. This is the best gift you can give them is in a relationship you're teaching them. It is normal to just, just randomly, casually, confidently Ask for your needs to be met because you're a person who deserves your needs to be met and you have confident, happy expectation that within this loving partnership, the person will try to meet your needs. I've talked about confident momentum, which was a parenting phrase, but how that can also be applied to marriages. The same thing is true here. If you have a desire and you express it with confident momentum, like, hey, don't you love my dress? What do you think? Do you like my makeup? Do you like my dress? It's a rare person that's going to like sulk or say no or bleh or you know like most people are going to be like oh yeah sure honey yeah you look great and then they're going to instinctively kind of learn as that is happening oh this is something that she wants me to say I guess I got to verbalize it in future that's okay I'll do that and even if they're not uh, very conscious of that you're, you're, it's associative learning they're pairing you coming down the stairs with you saying don't I look nice and with them saying you look nice so if you do this with confidence and with the expectation that it will go well, usually it goes well, both with parenting and in relationships. 
So anyway, hopefully this gave you a new way to look at the idea of behavior change and training your partner and why you may not have originally felt the confidence to do that based on your family of origin experiences and also how you can model a more adaptive, healthy dynamic for your kids. Hope everybody enjoyed this and please, 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 if you do, the best way to thank me is by subscribing and I will talk to everybody. Everybody soon. Have a great day.